Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, the Ducks give up an 8 spot at Colorado, and I give my mid-season report cards. Ooh, all of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. And in case you were wondering, we did not have a show yesterday. The power was out. Uh, Just briefly, power went out at about 2 a.m. Yeah, it was out for a while. And there was no point in putting on a show later when there was going to be a game later that night. So I said, you know what? Let's just have a show on Wednesday. Thursday's the usual show. Friday's the usual show. So we'll just get to that. All right. Uh, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and also follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. And follow this very shoe at LO underscore, sorry, LO underscore Ducks. That's the Twitter account for Locked on Anaheim Ducks. As you may have noticed by now on the Locked on Ducks Twitter account, it looks a little bit different. It looks kind of cool, right? Had to go old school on that icon because... The Ducks wore their throwback jerseys for the first time this season. And before I get into the game itself, I actually don't hate these jerseys. I know a lot of people either loved them or hated the Wild Wing jerseys 25 years ago. I thought they looked really cool with a teal base. They look just fine with the white base, to be honest. And this is another one of those jersey sets where looking at it on the ice, it did look a little bit better on the ice than I thought. With that being said, is it one of the better jersey sets out there in the National Hockey League? No, it's not. But is it good? Is it does it get a passing grade? Yes. You know, I might give that a grade as well. But we'll talk about that later on. Let's talk about the game itself. The Ducks got off to a hot start once again in Colorado. This is something they have done multiple times this season where they started off, you know, they gave up that first goal a minute in to Andre Burkowski, but after that, Troy Terry continued his dominance in Colorado. And then Danton Heinen scored his fourth of the season. Just like that, it was 2-1 Anaheim, only four minutes in. Later on, Nazim Kadri did score his eighth to make it a 2-2 tie. After that, it was the Troy Terry show once again. He really found his way around the defense and found an open Adam Henrik. That was a terrific shot from the slot. And believe it or not, Adam Henrik has his seventh goal of the season, making it 3-2 Ducks. But later on... On a penalty kill, yes, the Ducks are on a penalty kill once again. And this is the one area where the Ducks have actually done pretty well this season is on the kill. They are the one of the top 10 rated penalty killing units in the National Hockey League. And part of that reason is the elite 1C Derek Grant. After Yanni Hockenpah got caught tripping, Derek Grant took an errant pass, split the defense, chasing the puck down, And he ended up having a breakaway attempt, but Gabriel Landeskog tripped him from behind, causing Derek Grant to avoid hitting Hunter Miska. Miska had to move out of the way. Grant slid into the goal. He hit the goal post. It looked like he was in pain. But either way, he was awarded a penalty shot. Derek Grant took a couple of minutes because he was hurting a little bit. But he gathered himself, had a nice penalty shot. That went in just past Hunter Miska. Just like that. It was 4-2 Anaheim. With about 17 and a half seconds left in the period. That's the Elite 1C's first goal of the season. And of course it comes shorthanded. Derek Grant was among the league leaders last year in shorthanded goals. And he continues that into this year. So a shorthanded, pa- sorry, a shorthanded penalty kill goal. Yeah, you don't see those that often. But there you go. 
So it was 4-2 Anaheim. All the scoring happened in the first period. And the Ducks looked like they were on their way. And then the bottom fell out. All of a sudden, Colorado was shooting everything and the kitchen sink. They were out shooting the Ducks by a ton. They were out attempting the Ducks by a ton. Right after that, it was Miko Rantanen who got it to 4-3. Then Nazim Kadri made it 4-4. Then Miko Rantanen won the Academy Award for Best Acting. Because he had such a flop on that penalty call. That was kind of a soft penalty, but Cam Fowler got caught tripping, and Miko Ratnan clearly won the award for that one. That terrific piece of acting. My goodness. So the penalty would carry over into the third period, and guess what happened? Colorado scored on the power play once again. Oh my god. Nathan McKinnon scored on a one-timer. That puck had no chance. 5-4 Colorado. Then it was Samuel Girard with his fifth of the season, making it 6-4. It got worse. Pierre-Edouard Belmar made it 7-4. And then Brandon Saad really made the Ducks sod with another power play goal. Saad's 10th of the season. That was your final score, 8-4. The Ducks allowed six unanswered goals in two periods to the mighty Colorado Avs. Colorado is starting to get a little bit better. They're starting to find their form. Granted, it's the Anaheim Ducks, who now fall to 8-16-6. Oy vey. But on the bright side, the Ducks still have a decent record against Colorado for what it's worth, right? Can, can we look at that as a silver lining, kind of? So I gave my grade about other stuff later on. But the grade for these jerseys, these were not the best jerseys I've seen in the National Hockey League. Arizona's kit is really good. The LA Kings, they have, they're probably among the best in the National Hockey League. The Quebec Nordiques jerseys, those things are sweet looking. They are gorgeous. I give those an A all the way. If I were to grade the Anaheim Ducks Wild Wing jerseys, the entire kit, I would give it a B minus. Yeah, I would love to see the classic 93 jersey with a teal base instead of eggplant base or a white base that we had for all those years. Yes, the teal base was good on that alternate with that weird font back in the early 2000s. Those were kind of cool-ish, I guess. But give me the classic uniform with a teal background and then see how fast those ones will sell. Because I went to the team store at Ponda Center yeah, there were still a ton of jerseys on the walls. Ducks fans are not buying stuff right now because of how poor they're doing. But the Wild Wing jerseys, they're cool. I get it. Not at that price. So maybe I'll wait on getting those if I end up getting that jersey or not. Hey, stimulus checks are coming in. Maybe I'll get a jersey. I don't know. But yeah, I give the whole thing a BB minus. They, they look cool. They look fine. I like them. But not as good as the Hartford Whalers, the Quebec Nordiques, the LA Kings the Coyotes, there's a few other sets. And I'll admit this right now, the Minnesota Wild complete set has grown on me a lot. With the three stars on the side, I like those a lot better than I originally thought. So there you go. Just a small bit of jersey talk for y'all. I will give my report card, my mid-season report cards after the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. And right now, it is the Built Bar bracket time. So if you go on the Built Bar website and you got to dig around there, 
there are brackets for what is the best tasting built bar ever. We are on the sweetest 16 matchup, and today's matchup is Coconut Puff versus Peanut Butter. So get your votes in right now at BuiltBar.com and look for the bracket. Once again, today's is Peanut Butter versus Coconut Puff. And tomorrow's bracket match is Salted Caramel versus Cookie Dough Chunk. Take cookie dough. It is that delicious. So if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, and we have a new promo code. It's locked on 15 gets you 15% off your next order of Built Bar. Once again, that is BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar in the land. Coming up after the first intermission, I will give my mid-season report cards for the Ducks. Stay locked in. RockAuto.com has all the parts your car will ever need. They've been family-owned and operated for over two decades, which is almost as long as the Mighty Ducks franchise. And if you want to save money on car parts, why spend full price when you can pay half of that at RockAuto.com? In the How Did You Hear About Us box, tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that is RockAuto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. And we are back with today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, presented by Built Bar. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I've been thinking about this for a while. Technically, the middle of the season took place over the weekend when I was not around. So right now, the Ducks have played over half the games in this 58-game season. So I figure it is time to give some mid-season grades, or their report cards, as it were. And I gotta tell you, It's not looking too good for the Anaheim Ducks. Just going to put it out there. As of right now, the Ducks are in last place in the Pacific Division. It is not close. They are currently tagged as being the fourth worst record in the National Hockey League. Could be worse than that. So they have a fairly decent chance to get a top three lottery pick or at least a top two pick. They got a pretty good chance. Probably not as good as, I don't know, say Detroit, Ottawa. But they're up there as far as... Uh, tanking is concerned, whatever you want to call it. All right, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. Let's start giving out some grades, and we're going to hand out some pretty tough grades. The Anaheim Ducks, as of right now, they have scored only 62 goals, and they have allowed 93. That is a ton. They're among the worst in goals for and goals against. So I'm going to give my first grade, I'm going to give to the offense as a whole. Right now, the Ducks are almost, almost the worst offensive team in the National Hockey League. You mean there's a team worse than them? Yes, the Buffalo Sabres are the only team that is putting up a worse offensive output than the Anaheim Ducks. So with that being said, I'm going to give the Ducks offensive grade a D-. It's almost a failing grade. And the reason I'm only giving them a D- and not an F is because there are some players that are doing very well offensively. Henrique has been picking it up. But the one player that has been doing better than anticipated is Max Comtois. That line with Max Comtois is the best line on the team. And they're actually producing right now. They're producing. So just for that reason... I'm going to get them out of that F range, and they're not the Buffalo Sabres. So that's the only reason I'm not giving the offense as a whole an F. Now, as far as 
power play, that's going to get the F grade. See, see how I'm going, I'm doing this. There's an entire grade. Then there's other aspects of it. The power play is an absolute F grade because that power play has not been working for pretty much the entire season. Yeah, the whole season. As of right now, the Ducks are the second worst team in power play percentage. The only team that is worse is the Minnesota Wild, and that is it. The power play has been having its problems with trying to put players in a position where they're not going to succeed. I am looking at Trevor Zegras. Zegras is in that unit with certain players that I think he could be around better players. Maybe switch around some people from the first unit with the second unit and vice versa. But Dallas Eakins is insisting on putting the same guys over and over again, proving that it is just not working. Kevin Shattenkirk and Trevor Zegras, yeah, you're putting them on the first power play unit, but they're not working. Some of the, actually most of the last power play goals have come from the second power play unit. So, I mean, if I want to go even further, maybe the second power play unit would get a D grade and the first power play unit would get an F minus, 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 minus. They have done jack squat this entire season and there needs to be some changes. So the power play as a whole, it's an F grade and it's not close. As far as defense is going, I'm going to give the defensive grade. I was going to give it a C. And the reason I bring this up is I, I was actually the one that asked this question the other night on Ducks Radio. And big ups to Dan Wood and especially big ups to Steve Carroll for answering this question as thoroughly as possible and giving this a lot of thought. They clearly gave that particular question a lot of thought because they spent about five minutes on it. I'm going to spend about 10 minutes on it myself. The defense itself has seen some better days in the start of the season. When the Ducks were only allowing about one and a half to two goals a game, that defense was among the best in the National Hockey League. If you were to ask me this question exactly a month ago, I would have given the defense a B or a B minus. The guys on the radio gave it a C, C minus, which is a which is about where I have them. I have them at about a C minus D plus. Maybe it's now a D plus after some of the past few games against the Kings, allowing Kempe five goals. Their two games recently over the weekend against the Sharks, those were not good games for the Ducks. And allowing that many goals, I mean, to allow six goals to the Sharks, the Sharks, your grade has got to go down from a C- to a D+. So that's where I have the defense. As far as goals allowed per game, the Ducks are one of the worst at that. In fact, last time I checked, they were 25th in goals allowed, and that's probably going to get worse, let's face it. So they're among the bottom 10 in goals allowed per game. Above three and a quarter. Remember when the Ducks were at about one and a half to two goals allowed per game and they would win games one to nothing or two to one because they couldn't score so they wouldn't allow goals either. Yeah, that was part of their success. The Ducks recently had that nine game losing streak and the goals against just piled up and up and up and up so much so that they were allowing at one point almost five goals a game for a week stretch. 
So the defense has gone down to a D plus. If you're looking at maybe the last three, four weeks, it's an F. But the first few weeks, the defense was one of their best suits. And probably the strongest part of their game was their defense back then. And I'm going to give some more grades after the second intermission. But let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. They are your trusted online sportsbook. And they have every sport going on right now, including Major League Baseball. NBA, oh, and NHL too, by the way. They have all the futures lines. They have all the games coming up. So head over to betonline.ag right now and use promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the Locked On code. Once again, that is betonline the online sportsbook expert and the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'll be giving out some more mid-season grades on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I'm in the middle of giving out some grades for the midseason. And I got to tell you, Ducks fans, it's not looking good. I think the highest grade I could possibly give is a C-. And that's it. I just talked about the defense as a whole. The penalty kill has been one of the Ducks' strongest suits up until recently. Uh, Their PK percentage was fifth at one point it is plummeted down to almost middle of the road last time i checked the ducks were about 15th or 16th as far as pk yeah that's gotten worse as well there was that game where Derek grant was left out of the lineup and you know what happened the ducks gave up three power play goals on three power plays yeah they were 0 for 3 on the pk so that percentage plummeted that day. This is what happens when you don't put the elite 1C in the lineup. And I know what you're going to say. Well, Derek Grant hasn't been performing offensively. You're right. He hasn't. This has been a worse season for him offensively. But look at what else he brings to the table, particularly in the penalty kill. He is always, always capable of scoring a shorthanded goal. He's done it multiple times last season. He's done this several times in his career where he gets out and gets on a decent break and gets a pretty good shorthanded chance. And he scored on them before. So why not put him in the lineup if you're going to be committing that many penalties, right? So as far as PK, I'm going to give the penalty kill a a C. And that's the highest grade that I'm going to give out today. The penalty kill is a C straight up. That's it. Because they're about average on the penalty kill. They do a good job when they have the right personnel out there. So that's what I got. Oh boy. Now we're going to get to the nitty gritty of these grades. Coaching. You know what I'm going to give the coaching here. It's going to be an F. Dallas Eakins is showing that he's not capable of doing this job. In fact, it, it looks like he almost lost the team. I'm not going to speculate but I'm just saying that's what it looks like at times. 
that he may have lost the guys in the locker room. And when that happens, it's almost a lost cause. It's almost a lost season at that point. And it's really disappointing to see this because Dallas Eakins did a fantastic job in San Diego. I mean, he didn't do well in Edmonton the last time he was in the National Hockey League. And again, in the NHL with the Ducks, he's showing that maybe he's not capable of coaching in this National Hockey League level. I mean, once again, like I said, no, he's a great AHL coach. He was fantastic developing those guys down in the A. He was great developing guys like Max Jones, Max Comtois. He was great in developing Troy Terry, and he was very instrumental in helping out John Gibson when Gibson got sent back down to San Diego back in 2015 and 2016. Dallas Eakins kept that confidence in Gibson. And now look, you have Gibby as the number one goaltender for the Ducks. So as far as the A, that's where he's great. But unfortunately, it just does not translate to the National Hockey League for whatever reason. And this this just happens. This happens to several coaches in any sport. When you go up from the minors to the major leagues, it just happens to not work out. And this is another one of those cases. So unfortunately, I have to give Dallas Eakins an F grade for this season as far as coaching, you know, holding out players, benching Trevor Zegers. Yeah, that's going to bring your grade down tremendously. And I did give him benefit of the doubt last season. This year, uh, not so much. When you bench your best prospect for almost an entire period, it doesn't look good. And you should be fired. That's all I'm going to say. And finally, I do want to save this for last. My overall grade for the Ducks uh, with some aplomb and with some, uh, I guess, trepidation. The radio guys gave a CC minus grade. I'm going to be not as nice. I'm going to give the grade for the Ducks as a whole a D minus. And the only reason, the only only reason I do not give an F grade is because they have shown some signs of the youth playing well. And when Dallas Eakins actually lets the kids play, they show that they are capable of staying in games and actually producing some kind of offense. So as a whole, the Ducks do not get a failing grade for me. This is me being a little bit nice and giving them a D minus. I know plenty of other people, some other writers might give the grade as a whole an F. Some might give a D minus, but it's not going to be better than a D minus or a D. It's just not. I'm sorry, Ducks fans, but this is not a wasted season, but this is a season where they should not be going for the playoffs. Look who they're in the division with. They should not be realistically going for a playoff spot. They should realistically be looking ahead to the following season, looking ahead to when the cap space opens up a lot, looking ahead to the expansion draft. This is not the season to do it. This is not the year for the Ducks to try to make some kind of push or GM Bob Murray saying it's a retooling. Oh, by the way, GM Bob Murray, I will give, I mean, I'm not going to give a grade there. I think you guys know what grade I would give GM Bob Murray. But... I'm not going to say it publicly, publicly, but I think you know what grade I want to give him. Although I will give props to the fake GM Bob Murray account. That fake account is an A all the way. See, that's where I'll give my A on the fake Twitter accounts. 
All right, so those are my report cards, grades for the Anaheim Ducks at the mid-season mark. Don't forget, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. And make sure to follow this show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks because we have more coming up later on this week. I'll be talking some minor league hockey and we'll preview the San Diego Goals upcoming series with the Tucson Roadrunners. That'll be good. And then Friday is going to be our mailbag show. So make sure you send in your questions to LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com or simply leave your questions on the tweet when I ask about it. So there you go. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Continue wearing masks, practice social distancing. Please, please be kind to one another and ducks fly together. The blue 